0: Blog
1: Talk Radio. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'.
2: Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Happy New Year. For most of you, this is your first week back. We did do a podcast last week, and it was a really good podcast. We had Les Parker on the podcast. If you have not listened to it, please go back and listen to it. He gave his predictions of where he sees some uh, – where rates are going, some things, very much in line with what we're going to be hearing today. Uh, but he also talked about some aspects of it that I think is going to be very interesting. So I'll tease you with that and have you go listen to it. But we have joining us on today's podcast and the Hot topic segment – Marina Walsh of the MBA, and she's just rounded the three top economists there, and uh, Mike Frantoni and team have been rounded up, and she is on to give us the update and the latest number, especially as a result of this presidential election, and uh, rates are going to be going up, the surprise Fed announcement that they're going to rate a little bit more often than they thought, and there's even more talk about that, so we're going to get that update from Marina Walsh, the NBA Industry Insights, uh, and also giving some more insights into what's going on with the industry just generally applications a lot of great information so be sure to stay tuned all the way through to the hot topic segment. Again, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals for mortgage professionals, and we're very proud to be the recipient of the Innovation Award from Progress in Lending. So very much grateful for all of you as listeners and telling others about the podcast. I want to start off by saying a special thank you to our uh, sponsors, ArchMI, the creator of the Innovative Race Star program, Motivity Solutions, also a real-time reporting dashboards and scorecard system. Excellent tool. We'll hear about that a little bit later. Velma, an efficient marketing and mortgage marketing email platform to getting the word out of what you've got going on in the industry. Really excited to have a partnership with them, as well as Simplifile has a real-time electronic communication exchange. you will hear about that a little bit later. And the Mortgage Collaborative, the power of the network. We're pleased to be in partnership with the MBA and the Mortgage Collaborative. It's fun to see how they work well together. And also d Moving your world forward through technology, they've been in business for 140 years, just a short amount of time. They're a newcomer, 140 years, employing 5,500 people worldwide, supporting 8,000 clients in 70 countries. And I encourage you to check them out at MortgageBot dot or dot com or you go to dh simplest shortest url on the planet dh.com and uh, their mobile app is pretty cool too it's actually not a mobile app it's a mobile ready app and what they're doing for taking applications online is pretty cool so check it out or give them a call at 1-800-815-5592 appreciate andy alice joe paul sam and everyone joining in on this podcast making it possible we've got the full, full lineup, but let's start off with, oh, wait a minute, we got m- upcoming conferences, got to talk about that, the next MBA conference, and if you haven't gone out there, check out the MBA conferences by going to their website, you can just Google MBA conferences, and it just comes up at the top of the list of the Google search, but we have the Independent Mortgage Banking Conference, January 23rd through the 26th at the La Quinta in Palm Springs, California, La Quinta, Palm Springs, gorgeous place to come. I asked Alice to join me. She and I are doing a panel together on efficiency. She says, let me see if I have this right. I can stay in, I can stay in Frigid, uh, Michigan, or I can come speak on the panel with you and Bill Cosgrove and Aaron D. Uh, I think I'll take that option very much. So we we ask you to come on down and join us in beautiful, warm, Palm Springs, the 23rd through the 26th. Also, February 1st is the Mortgage Austin Mortgage Bankers Lunch, and I'll be speaking at that. Also, January 30th, I'm the keynote opening speaker at the TMBA, the Texas Mortgage Bankers Association. Looking forward to seeing a lot of our friends in Texas and around the part of the country come to the Secondary Marketing Conference here for Texas. Also, February 14th through the 17th, the National Mortgage Servicing Conference and Expo. We're going to have Maureen to talk a little bit about that, as well as the February 2nd 22nd through the 23rd, the MBAs, mergers and acquisition workshop. And then we have a, I'll be doing a special session afterwards with the attorneys. Marina's asked me to come in and, and moderate a session there. I'm really looking forward to these conferences. Folks, if you're not getting out to these conferences, you're missing out, especially in this time uh, where we have so much coming out, new information coming out. you got to get at these conferences. NBA does a great job of putting them on. I'm encouraging you to check it out at the NBA organization. And while you're there, sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance. One of the most powerful things you can do, and you do not have to be a member of the MBA to do that. Without further ado, let's go over to Joe Farr and find out what the markets hey, are doing. We got some good news starting
3: off this week with some uh, a little bit of good news here on rates. So how well, about what we're up happening. a little bit today. Is uh, you know just uh, up four thirty seconds so far, reversing a little bit of what happened on Friday, but you know no news today. Uh, so uh, you know, looking at. What happened last week, Dave? It was um, really a pretty good week. We continued a a rally that has been going on since after the uh, December fifteenth. Actually, the fourteenth was the Fed minutes or the Fed meeting where they raised rates, and then the next day we saw a further decline. But since then, we've been on a real nice rally. MBS prices have improved about 150 basis points. Yeah, Uh, that's that's mortgage rates have fallen back about 20 basis points. So You know, not near where we were, but certainly better than we have been. Uh, So it's been a a nice move since uh, the middle of December. Uh, This week we saw uh, price being driven by a couple events. One was the minutes of that meeting, the December 14th meeting. Uh, Investors seemed to like what they said, even though they, uh, you know, basically acknowledged that they didn't know what to expect from the uh, from the Trump administration and and how that uh, may affect economic activity and and therefore monetary policy uh kind of the fact that there weren't any big surprises in there and the, and the fact that MBS prices uh overall have, have become a little better buying uh, a little better uh deal as far as a return uh people started buying MBS prices improved and uh uh Know, by about twenty one thirty seconds through Thursday following that Wednesday meeting. So it was a, a nice improvement. But then we gave some of it back. Uh for good reason though. Wage inflation in the jobs report was unexpectedly higher, uh two point nine percent this December over last December, and that's the highest it's been since two thousand and nine. So that combine yeah. that with some other inflation data in in um, in the ISM reports that came out last week. Uh yeah uh, you know, there was, I guess, reason for people to start being a little concerned and certainly going to be on the alert for inflation, any other signs of inflation. Uh, the jobs number and the unemployment uh, rates were pretty much as expected, especially when you count prior months' uh, uh, adjustments. So, um uh, on the day MBS prices gave back about uh, about a quarter of of the improvement that they'd seen on that Wednesday and Thursday. So all in all, a good week for MBS prices and all in all a a, a good you know three or four weeks for MBS prices. yeah uh, looking ahead Dave the the biggest report to come out this week is going to be the the retail sales numbers. Uh, the ex auto is expected to grow fairly significantly. It's a 6th 10th improvement from November. So we'll see how that works out. In addition to retail sales, we have the ADP report coming out tomorrow. We have PPI coming out. It's also on Friday. Treasury auctions Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And uh, we're going to have Fed speakers just about every day this week except uh, tomorrow. So um, any one of those can, <laughs> can can shake up the market. So just uh, no uh, kidding. be prepared and we'll and be on out. the alert.
2: Be on the alert, which goes to one of my favorite Davids is how are you staying on top of your business and advising your clients when you don't have a tool like MBS Codeline? So I think it's a great tool, and yours is just does a great job of up to the nanosecond, almost nanosecond, telling everybody exactly what's going on. It's real time. Or very, very close to it. You can't get much better than that. So especially for the price you can spend thousands and thousands of dollars. So are these one of these systems that are out there, and I got to tell you, it just confuses you. You look at this, it's real concise to the point, and right there, what's happening. So, great job, Joe, you do. A, a, you and great the whole day. team there. Happy New Year to everyone at MBS Quote Line, and folks, we're going to be back with Paul Milo, dialed in. He, <laughs> I don't know what snow drift he was dug into, but we're going to have him back, and we're going to be talking with Paul in just a minute, right after this break. We'll be right back.
4: Economic uncertainty has created a tremendous amount of market volatility for the past few weeks. Intraday price changes seem the rule rather than the exception. Have you been surprised by a midday price change? Have you been frustrated as you locked a loan just ahead of a price movement? Found it difficult to explain to a customer why the rate you quoted is no longer available? MBS Quoline can eliminate these frustrations. MBS Quoline monitors Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Ginnie Mae mortgage-backed security prices in real time. It makes the information conveniently available on your desktop, smartphone, or by email or text message. These are the same prices used to set mortgage rates each morning and to issue midday price changes when significant movement occurs. With MBS Quoteline, you'll never be out of touch with the market, whether you're in the office or on the road. See for yourself what MBS Quoteline can do for you. Go to MBSQuoteline.com to start a risk-free two-week trial. (laughs) MBSQuoteline.com. 646 The Lickin' on Lending Show is back. Here is your host, David Lickin.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, and then I better turn on my mic. I make sure Paul's mic was out. Anyways, good to have you back, everyone. Happy New Year, and Happy New Year to you, Mr. Mall. Good to have you here, friend.
5: Thank you. Same to you. Same to you.
2: Good kids. Well, what are you tracking in this new year as far as what's happening on? I'm looking at your website right now. It's a great resource, folks. imfnews.com. dot com. Check it out. Subscribe to the daily email. imfnews.com. dot com. Paul, give us a rundown on what you uh, what the stories are you want us to be uh, aware of.
5: Well, you know, it's it's already an interesting week. Um, we track something called prime non-agency MBS. I mean, this is something that not too many uh, trade pubs focus on. Uh, it's basically these are prime quality mortgages that some of the big boys have put into MBS and issued, and, and the biggest player in that market has been uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. And uh, Brandon uh, Ivy of our staff was crunching the numbers, and lo and behold, turns out we did just over nine billion in these uh, prime non-agency mm, mbs in 2016 yeah well, that's down 22 percent though from the year before and there's some uh, so-called analysts and experts experts wondering uh you know uh, is it over is, is the prime non-agency mbs market coming grinding to a halt and uh you know we'll find out i mean the question is You know, why bother securitizing that stuff? Maybe put them into Fannie, Freddie's, or if it if it's a just miss, why not put into some uh, non-agencies MBS? Uh, It's an interesting market, and like I said, not a lot of people focused on it. We have uh, we throw that out there. Uh, the next story is obviously a big one. Uh, we reported on it last Thursday uh, that there would be a cut. or There was a lot of speculation last Thursday. turned out we were right, luckily. <laughs> so uh, you're not always right <laughs> sometimes be right. on speculation. Yeah, it's good to be right. <laughs>
4: Better to be But right. anyway,
5: uh, yeah, they, they made it official this morning, a uh, 25 uh, basis point cut in the FHA premium. And now the question comes, uh, you know, is Trump going to block it for any reason? And you know uh that's the concern uh from mortgage is there any rumors that, like, of
2: that happening i mean what you
5: you're... i don't know i mean it's weird uh you know listen carson's yeah. got his hearing on thursday and you know yeah. you know i've I heard it both ways you know uh, if they're mister and you know, if they're the free market gang you want the privately held mortgage insurance companies to be taking this business on not not the government's fha program but at the same point it it makes more in theory it makes more mortgage credit available to uh, lower income Americans, so you know, you know, what do you want to do? Uh, and and I guess we'll hear. We'll maybe we'll hear on Thursday during the hearing. I'm sure it's it's definitely going to come up as an issue. Uh, we don't oh, yeah. know if Trump's going to block it, but listen, this is a this is a political issue as much as it is a financial one, and and we'll find out. So I'd say tune into that hearing on Thursday and, and look at our press coverage, and and we'll find out. Next story. Or even episode, better.
2: Or even better, Uh you'll be tuning in and watching and listening and reporting, and people can come to your website and find out what's going on. There you go.
5: Well, actually, I I won't be. (laughs) I have someone else covering <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm so God, I okay. got other things to do, but anyway, you
6: got other. Uh, right. You know who knows?
5: <laughs> but anyway, uh, Ted Tozer, uh, the third story. Ted's an interesting guy. He, he gives us access. A uh, nice fella. Everyone likes Ted. He heads Ginny May. We ha- we've had a number of interviews with him lately. He's he's on his way out. His his term is up. He's a political appointee. I know he said he'd like to stay on uh, at least in the trans transition mode. Uh, we talked about you know foreign investors buying Ginny MBS, and he gave us some neat numbers uh right now Ginnie Mae mbs holdings are hel- held in overseas investors 552 billion dollars now when you think about it you have i think it's about 1.6 trillion so that yeah. that's a huge market share that's uh, huge. japan is very big china's growing uh and ted basically told us you know foreign investors can't get enough of this stuff and he'd like it. he would like he wish he had more to <laughs> sell uh what he he also said uh which was um uh, was interesting you know um Where is that quote? Um, I am having a senior moment here. (laughs) Uh, What what did he say? Uh, Well, he'd like to make more of this stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a lot more to this story. Oh, I know what he said. It's not in the darn story. And I should also credit um, Joe Farr's uh, uh, price quotes. Uh, And let me me just back up here. Uh, Ted had pointed out in that interview, and it's in the long version of the story, which is on our uh, newsletter, Inside MBS and ABS, uh, it has to do – with the spread between Ginny, MBS, and Fannie Freddys. And uh, Joe's uh, MBS quote line was kind enough to give us uh, trading in, trading numbers and prices on, on MBS, uh, Fannie's, and Ginny's. And, you know, it turns out that once um, the uh, Treasury nominee, Mnuchin, uh, opened his mouth about the future of Fannie and Freddie, uh, the spread started widening between Ginny's and Fannie's. and Interesting. Uh, you know, they, they've, yeah, they've come back a little bit. Uh, but there, there was a bit of a blowout there for a while, and it had to do with Mnuchin's comments about, you know, uh, privatizing Fannie and Freddie, which got some investors thinking, well, maybe there is no future to Fannie and Freddie, and we don't know about the guarantee, or maybe there is a guarantee, and then spreads widen between Ginny's and Fannie's. That's come back a little bit, but it's still, you know, wider than it's been. Uh, so, anyway, I've sucked up a lot of your time, uh, so we'll just quickly mention that Carson's up. hearing Is uh, on Thursday. There's a story on that today. We have short takes uh, with some chatter about uh, MI stocks. A lot of the MIs, obviously, are publicly traded. Uh, Their stock prices were down this morning. And, of course, the speculation is that it's tied in with the MIP cut. Uh, so that is all the news that is fit for today, and uh, that's about fit it. Fit for today.
2: There's a lot of good information on your website. I encourage people to sign up for your email, and it can be done at imfnews.com right there at the bottom. After you read the stories, go down and sign up, put your email address in there, and it'll happen. It'll get up in your inbox every single day. I live on it. I appreciate it so much, Paul. And, again, Happy New Year. Greet everyone there at Inside Mortgage Finance from us. Would you please? So do. Have a good week. Yeah, you too, friend. Appreciate it so much. Let's get over to Alice Alvey. She is on the line. Alice, happy new year. Good to have you here with us. What encouraging words do you have on the legislative (laughs) update? Please tell us there's some encouraging good news.
0: Well, I'm going to um, go a little further into what Paul was talking about with the FHA MIP change. So, this is, let's assume that it is absolutely going to go forward, right? I don't know how the president could or uh, President-elect could possibly say dropping uh, mortgage payments for consumers has any negative side effect other than what Paul had mentioned. What I think is a dilemma for folks to think about is this is effective for loans closing January 27th, the end of the month. Um, So that's a closing date. So many times the FHA uses the case number order date as when something is going to be effective and this is a closing effective date, which is odd. So we have loans in process today that you now have to talk to your customer about which is more valuable, to close you when I originally thought you were going to close, you know, if you had plans to close this month, or if I wait until after that date. On some of these loans, this is a measurable savings. So I was crunching some math here for our listeners, and you should do this with your loans in the pipeline because, you know, there is a potential fair lending implication if we don't advise our borrowers on the benefits. For some of these loan amounts, it could be that it's even worth the eighth in an interest rate change, you know, if you're saying, well, the lock's going to expire. Well, take a look at a small eighth in percent change that might hit them or even a quarter percent and keep in mind that your principal and interest payment runs the same way as MIP does. As a matter of fact, MIP is based off of an average principal balance throughout the year, so it's going to decline too. So they are apples to apples in, in many respects. And you say, all right, well I'm going to save fifty dollars a month on a hundred thousand dollar mortgage with this new drop in the MIP, and the increase in my monthly payments only going to be eight or sixteen dollars with the increase, in, a slight increase in an interest rate. And they both last the life of the loan, right? I mean, MIT. Right. Now, if you're on your typical three percent down yeah. borrower, is going to be the life of the yeah. loan. Then, which is better for me? You know, for some of you in high cost areas, California, if you're over that six twenty five five, you're talking hundreds of dollars of savings per month for these consumers for even as much as a half percent interest rate difference. So you have to take a look at it the math, be- make sure you're doing the right thing for the customer. And look at those loan closings that you may have to consider postponing in order to make sure they get the fair deal on this. So, that's my, my good news is keep your customer happy for the long term, right? Yep. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's great that's, that's yeah. my note there. Um, another quick thing, um, CFPB published, you know, its plans for going forward. Um the TRID final amendment is something that we're looking for. We all watched the proposed portion of that last year. Um, and right now it looks like they're going to push that to mid-2017, whereas before they thought by maybe March of 2017 we'd get those updated TRID amendments. Some of them are pretty critical to making sure we're handling some closing timings correct. So we'll keep watching that for you, but that's still out in the future. Also, for everybody, watch the new Humda stuff. The, uh, the new LAR formatting tool is out. Um, CFPB has absolutely said they're going to be looking for redlining, so you want to make sure you are properly dissecting all that Humber data that came out last November, um, and then making sure you get very comfortable with the new tool that is going to be used for the 2017 report that you have to pull together. Um, now, also on the uh, headlines uh, is Shore Financials, $48 million for FHA lending violations. I do look at the details in these because, to me, they're lessons learned in there. I don't make it about that company. It's about what all of us have to pay attention to run operations. Yeah, very good point. And a couple couple of quick things, folks. Here is, um, I don't know if you noticed, but now when you get written up by the DOJ, it's also on a Homeland Security report. So just a heads up that it's reaching out (laughs) a little farther than. Oh, you're serious? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It actually shows up on the public on the homeland security report. Uh, when so you're had on the, your next flight, he,
2: you get frisked down because you had a violation. Oh my gosh, I did not know that. Right?
0: Yeah, I just I'm Tuesday, of that I'm I know. Okay. Like, wow. We can't keep it in the mortgage industry, but keep it to a couple, mm. several quick points. Lots of issues on documentation and calculation came up. EPDs are a big issue. Make sure your EPD results are getting improved month after month, and you're addressing those violations. Take a look at your underwriter compensation plans. They cannot be paid, even remotely in part, based on closings. And that's tough to manage when you're trying to also incentivize them, you know, for the company as a whole. Um, So you do really need to take a deep dive into how you're compensating your underwriters. And self-report. Too many times clients um, have feedback and they make excuses as to why they don't have to self-report, and that will get you in trouble trouble faster than uh, you know the rest of the list. So you do need to make sure that not only when you're monitoring it but you're you know when you need to tell FHA you've got a problem, get your corrective action plans in place fast. We're doing a lot of that for customers, helping them make sure they keep all their FHA compliance in line and so if you aren't sure quite how to get there operationally, give us a call. We'll be happy to help.
2: Well you do and a that's great job Alice that's a great report great 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 report so we're excited to have you here and happy new year to everyone there at uh you know, mortgage you intocom. really grateful to have you be a part of it, so folks we're going to be right back In fact we're going to fit mix the, uh, the show up a little bit andy shell's got to run out so we're going to get the profit doctor on here in just a minute but we're first of all going to be right back after these couple brief breaks from sponsors
4: if you have questions about mortgage regulations Indicom Mortgage U has free answers. If you need ideas about how to reinvent your organization, Indicom Mortgage U will share great ideas. When you need help at any step of the loan process, give us a call or send an email. The Indicom team of experts have been helping mortgage players from origination through servicing for over 30 years. Your success is our focus. Whether it's a quick question or long-term support, portfolio, conventional, or government lending, it's a competitive market. So let Indicom Mortgage You give you the edge.
5: Simplifile has technology that gives you the ability to collaborate with settlement agents via real-time chat and messaging, allowing you to track changes, send, receive, and validate documents, as well as obtain status updates and deal with issues as they arise. All of this in a real-time electronic communication exchange. And best of all, you have a complete audit trail of all communications. To learn more, go to simplifile.com or call our good friend Nancy Alley at 1-800-460-5657.
2: So good to have you with us, everybody. The Prophet Doctor is in the house. We're so glad to have him here. Happy New Year, Andy Shell. I don't know if you're more Happy known Year, as the Prophet Doctor yeah. now. <laughs> I go. I hear <laughs> more people say, "Hey, I can talk to the Prophet Doctor." So you know, we may work on an identity crisis here with you, Andy. Here's a little bit, maybe some. I know concert. when I
6: register for MBA conferences, I have to put down Prophet Doctor, so people know who I am.
2: <laughs> I know it's, anyway, it's good to have you here. I know you have to well, drop and happy- run, so uh, we're gonna And for those that do not know, we're gonna have Sam Garcia on right after this. So go ahead, Andy with your part. I know I'm sorry for interrupting. I hey. you off there.
6: So happy New Year also means this is when accountants cringe because it's the trifecta, it's the once a year trifecta. <laughs> so like, what do you mean? Right. What are you talking about? Well, it's month end reporting. It's quarter end reporting and it's year end reporting, and they all happen right now. So, this is not the time to be walking into the accounting asking <laughs> them to do extra projects <laughs> because already oh, come on. we've Ooh. got to do all I know, no one would ever think of such a thing. No. We've got to do all the reporting. We've got to also make certain we've got our 1098s out. I, uh, 1099's out, W2's out, all have to be reconciled and delivered to the employees and the vendors and the customers and the IRS, and we gotta get all of our Humda prep ready. And so I'll tell you, if you haven't run your HMDA data test already, you're already too late. You need, it's not due yet, but if, if, you, if there's missing data elements, and there always is. You got to know about it now, so you have time to go get it fixed. Because you're going to need to get information out of the files. It takes time, so run, <clears throat> spool up your Humda software, pull the LOS export, run the test, run the data validation, and see what's missing. You do not wait until February to get this done. Okay. You got to do it today. And a quick Two side note, Dave, on what the day. What I'm working on, Dave, is I'm. It's a really fun. Total geek thing, but I'm working on a gap augmentation, a general accepted accounting principles augmentation to specify the components of cost to complete that are part of the derivative asset from the interest rate lock commitment unrealized gain. It's a totally now, so cool you-
2: topic. Uh- The only person that really understood all of that in the origination ranks here is I mean is Marina Wall. She's sitting there going, Dad dang Andy, he is so smart. I could just hear Marina smiling away in the background. That's good. That's good. So repeat that and give us a little more insight to that. I know a lot of people understand, but just break that down a little bit for the for the origination folks that might be on here that might not know what that is.
6: Yeah, here here here's where it comes from. So The uh, accountant said that when you have an off-balance sheet financing facility that you've issued to a customer that's subject to market risk, that you have to report the impact of changes in value over time on your financial statements. This actually came from Enron. So an off-balance sheet financing commitment subject to market risk. Well, an interest rate lock commitment that we issue to a customer is... An interest rate lock commitment, and it's an off balance sheet financing facility Hello? subject to market risk. So we have to put the mark to market of that asset, that a commitment on our balance sheet by creating an asset, because it doesn't exist. There's nothing on the balance sheet. So adjust so you create an asset called a derivative asset, and then you're supposed to apply cost to complete to, the, to reduce that unrealized gain by the amounts of, of expenses to be incurred. And which expenses you include is a huge debate among CPAs. There's very limited guidance and gap about it. So we're working to get documentation to FASB for them to issue specific guidance on what cost-to-complete components actually make sense.
2: That's good. That's excellent. That's good. And I know you train a lot of the – You've train a lot of the accountants that are auditing independent mortgage bankers so you could go, you know, find out, read articles, or they pick up the phone and call you or email you and they're right from the guy who's training the accountants in the first place. Yeah. So that's great stuff. Really appreciate
6: it. I help. My pleasure. Get today. To help. thank you very much for letting me go out of order. I gotta go to the dentist.
2: Oh so, yeah, so that's an exciting thing. You mean you'd pick going to the dentist rather than being on and listening to Marina talk about all the uh, accounting? Boy, it's got to be an urgent matter because I know you'd much rather be here. So anyway, have a have a good dental. Yeah, I I choose friend.
6: not. I choose not being in pain for sure.
2: Yeah, that's true. Well, that's very good. Well, we <laughs> hope you are. We we will look forward to having you back next week, my friend. Have a great rest well, of it. week and greet Thank everybody you, there. Have a happy new year. Thanks so much. All right, Thank folks, you. we're gonna. Thank you, friend. Appreciate it. What we're going to do is get over to Sam Garcia if I can find the phone number there. Get Sam's mic turned on here. Good to have you with us, friend. Sam. Walker. Hey, Dave. Happy D- New Disappearing Year. Disappearing Dave. I remember last week. Disappearing Dave. Dave. Lot, That's lot, right. Lot That's what there. happened last week. Let's hopefully we're not going to disappear on us this week here. Hope the technology will hold all the way. So, anyway, it's good to have you here, friend.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm interested to hear uh, Marina, what she has to say, because I wonder about purchase originations, and what I'm curious about is, you know, now that interest rates are rising and expected to significantly drive down refinance originations, um, there haven't been significant increases to forecasted purchase financing, and, um, for instance, Freddie Mac predicts that, you know, financing will increase just 2% between
6: Uh, 2016
1: and 2017. While Fannie projects purchases will increase 4%, and MBA is most optimistic with a 10% increase forecasted. But you know, with many lenders that are likely to try to make up for lost refinance business by being more liberal about their underwriting on purchase financing, and also you know, with a more optimistic post-election outlook among consumers. You know, might it be possible that we see maybe like a 25% year-over-year boost in purchase origination? So it would be interested to hear what she might have to say about that. Um, we put out our, you know, third quarter biggest lender report, and we estimate, uh, first off, that overall – third quarter originations came to $568 billion, which was about 16% uh, up from the second quarter. And while there was no change at the top of the list with Wells Fargo, Chase, and Quicken Loans holding the numbers one, two, and three positions respectively, Bank of America went from number four in the second quarter to number six in the latest report. Um, Yeah, yeah. At the same time, Caliber Home Loans jumped to number eight from number 10, and basically flip-flopped with PHH, which fell to number 10 from 8. Caliber was strong because its business soared 35% uh, from the second to the third quarter, and that was the biggest quarter-over-quarter gain we tracked of any lender. Um, On the other side of that was First Republic, which fell 5%, which was the worst uh, performance quarter-over-quarter. And then on a year-over-year basis, Business nearly doubled at Finance of America, so they really shot up with their business, their originations. Um, at the same time, Stonegate saw a 25% year-over-year drop. So those are the big numbers from that report, uh, which always gets a lot of attention. Um, the Bureau of Labor Statistics put out its uh, its uh, employment report, of course, on Friday, and that indicated that non-bank mortgage jobs totaled 322,000 in November, which was up from uh, about 318,000 the prior month. Um, Mortgage jobs have expanded each month since February, um, but of course I predict that within three months or so, we'll start to see those numbers diminish as refinance business takes its toll and slows down. Um, Based on the analysis of the Bureau of Labor Statistics figures and the origination data uh, information we collect uh, using the market share, uh, Mortgage Daily estimates that total industry staffing including jobs at financial institutions worked out to around 672,000 in November. Um, That that estimate includes 290,000 jobs at banks almost 60,000 jobs at credit unions, and the 322,000 non-bank jobs reported by BLS. Um, Last week, HUD announced that it charged Bank of America with discriminating against Hispanic borrowers, Um, and that was based on a National Fair Housing Alliance. Uh, They they put in some testers, uh, non-Hispanic and Hispanic. Uh, They sent them to the Charleston, South Carolina branch. Interesting. And HUD outlined how the the non-Hispanic customers were allegedly treated better than uh, Hispanic testers who were reportedly better qualified. So that case is headed to federal court. Um, Our mortgage market index, uh, which is based on open close rate lock volume, increased 23% in the week that included New Year's from the week that included Christmas. Um, While that was a nice rise, um, the Christmas week – happened to be the lowest on record since we started tracking our, you know, since we created that index in 2009. Uh, one note, though, is that we don't adjust our index for seasonal factors. Um, one other story that was uh, of note uh, last week that we published was that for all of last year, consumer bankruptcy filings uh, totaled almost uh, 734,000. That was the fewest consumer bankruptcies since 2006. So it's a bit of good news, huh? You still there, Dave, or I'd lose you. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, so, uh, uh, of course, we got that from American Bankruptcy Now and- I'm here. Okay, great, great.
2: I, I forgot to unmute the line. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Disappearing Dave. <laughs> Disappearing Dave. Yeah, I love this issue. Anyway, so, so much there, Sam, with all that's going on. it's I really appreciate you bringing in an update. Uh, you know, how much is weather a factor in some of the applications, uh, the application data? I mean, is that... It was free. Maybe just because I was up in Minnesota, but it was cold.
1: Well, you know, my thinking is that you know, today we are so much more digital. Who's actually completing a application in person? <laughs> in person. Yes, so, right. you, you know, actually yeah. what you might see is you might see a few more applications completed because people will have a little <laughs> more time stuck in their places, Right.
2: Yeah, maybe maybe that's a great way to look at it. Interesting, interesting comments. It's good stuff. I really appreciate you coming on and be a part of it. Happy New Year to everyone there at Mortgage Daily. Appreciate the partnership with you, Sam. You do a great job. It's a great publication. Encourage people to check out MortgageDaily. dot com. Sam Garcia can be reached at two one four five two one thirteen hundred. Sam, have a great rest of the day, and thank you, friend. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. You bet. You bet. Looking forward to it. Yeah, those technology issues, they do show up at different times and at the weirdest times. So anyway, switched over to my handset again. So good to have you all with us. We're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors, uh, Jim Jump, who is the uh, head of marketing there at Arch MI. He is a chief marketing officer. They do a great job there. A lot going on at Arch with the combination and the merger of uh, with United Guarantee. It's going along, making some good progress, and uh, we're getting some good reports out of it. And we're thrilled that they're going to continue to be a sponsor of the radio podcast. So without further ado, we're going to be right back. And here's Jim Jump to talk about the RateStar program. Hi, David. Thanks for having me on. And we're happy to be a proud sponsor of the program. And today I'd like again to talk about RateStar from Arch Mortgage Insurance. RateStar is a revolutionary tool that allows mortgage originators to dynamically price mortgage insurance and match coverage to Archemy's most competitive rates. And that's important because it allows you to compete more effectively, qualify more borrowers, and, of course, close more loans. That's the power of RateStar. Originators from around the country are letting us know just how quick and easy RateStar is to use. And all you need is your NMLS. Oops, well, I'm not sure what that what happened with the. Uh, are you still there, Alice?
0: Yes, I'm here. I just since the commercial cut out, I wasn't sure if you cut out too, so we just going to. I wasn't in. sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, love,
2: I love it when things work well and when they don't. So anyway, we're not sure exactly what happened there, but it showed it. It just it cut off. So that's on Blog Talk. We'll put that one over to them. But anyway, so good to have everyone here with us, and we're really excited to have. Uh, Marina Walsh with us. Marina has been with the NBA for a number of years. She's right. Yes, can you hear me? All right.
7: I can hear you right. great.
2: All right, good deal. So I want to make sure that that's going well. So anyway, we just turned on the mic for Marina. She's joining us from Washington, D.C. She was named, uh, I'm looking at some of the notes here. Oh, she was a part of the group of most influential people, women specifically, in 2016, named by Housing Wire. And she has also uh, been one of the leaders in our industry, is so prominent at our conferences, providing great information, again, Vice President of Industry Analysis at the NBA research and economics department, works with some really smart people, and Marina has the unique ability, like Andy Shell does, of bringing complex topics and bring it down to the level where the whole industry can understand it. And with that, we're going to turn on our mic and welcome her to the podcast. Marina, so good to have you here.
7: David, so great to be here.
2: It's an honor. I want to talk about the big picture, and everyone's wondering, this year, What is going to go on with originations? So given the fact that we had just a real interesting election, took so many by surprise, what's new in the mortgage forecast for 2017, and have there been any substantive changes lately in the MBA's origination forecast?
7: There have been, and I'm going to... Tag team off of what some of the remarks from Joe and Sam. Um, MBA is definitely between uh, the Fanny forecast, the Freddie forecast. MBA, we're anticipating an 11% now increase in purchase originations. So we're forecasting okay. about 1.1 trillion in purchase originations in 2017. So 11% over 2016. The issue on the refi side is that they're going to be almost halved. Um, we're at $479 billion for a two, yeah, 2017 from about $901 billion in 2016. And rates have moved higher and a bit more quickly following the election. Um, and so our yeah. expert MBA economists here, all three of them, decided in December to uh, change the forecast just based on the path of where interest rates are going and uh, with the recent announcement of the increase in short-term rates and expected three-year or or three-hike um, increase over the next three years um, expected. Um, the good news is that the U.S. economy hopefully is coming along. A lot of the good economic um, uh, indicators that have previously been mentioned um, are, are are good news for the purchase market well, yeah. overall. Yeah, so we're forecasting overall, if you look at the, t- in total, both the refis that are definitely dropping off a bit more quickly than what we had originally anticipated, we're looking at um, a decrease to about $1.57 trillion total for 2017. Okay. Um, and that's from $1.89 trillion in 2016. But, again, on the purchase side, expecting, I- you know, a-, a stronger purchase market um, in 2017. 2000- 2017 versus 2016, and that should continue on into 2019 with uh Good. more household Good. formation and as the economy grows. So,
0: um, yes.
7: optimistic on the purchase market side.
2: Any idea? I know there's. We're going to talk about a lot of aspects today, but interest rate spread. What is uh, the group there uh, talking about as part of the interest rate range? I mean. Uh, there's some talk. Uh, Les Parker came on last week and said we could actually see rates dip in the first quarter and then start heading up in second quarter. And then he had some interesting heights that we could see. Any, any. Mm indication
7: of what well, Jim and company are... Well, our year based on our forecast, for the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, and this was pre-announcement of the uh, reduction in the annual mortgage insurance premium, which I will right. get to, by the way. But we're at about 3.8% contract rates for 30-year fixed-rate mortgages. And then in 2017, we're looking at 4.3%. Um, finishing off the year at about four point seven percent, so that would be for the fourth okay. quarter of two thousand and seventeen so that 's at All least right. uh what we have we'll 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 wait to see what happens we'll see. but uh we <laughs> well i like
4: i yeah. like
2: those numbers i think those are in line with a little closer in line to what uh, the folks at Fannie and Freddie are also saying so that 's that's that 's encouraging hopefully alas 's numbers mm-hmm. uh goes up above four is uh I mean, up into the fives, the low fives is, is not going to be realized. So that's good. But let's talk a little bit about where uh, we're heading as far as mortgage app. What is the latest MBA uh, numbers on mortgage application, and what's happening also as it relates directly to that is credit availability, Marina?
7: Sure. Well, credit availability. Obviously, the FHA announcement of the reduction to twenty five uh, by twenty five basis points. Um, Will be helpful. We're cautiously optimistic. Uh, Dave Stevens, our, our our president here at MBA, uh, just came out with an announcement this morning, a press release in response to that announcement, and um, we we expect this to be a modest positive for borrowers, but. You know, many uh, of our members, many of our lenders remain very concerned about other aspects of FHA, um, you know, particularly liability under the False Claims Act. So... We're hoping to yeah. see some additional improvements from FHA to help to encourage um, FHA lending, so I would, I would start by saying that, but going back to the weekly application survey and what we've seen, we took a one-week sabbatical, um, and so this is reported over the two-week period ending December uh, 31st Similar to what Sam saw, we did see a drop in mortgage applications. Um, they decreased 12 percent over the two year. Uh, two week right. period ending on December thirtieth. Uh, and this kind of feeds into why we're seeing we, we anticipate a drop in total originations in the first quarter of 2017 uh, to levels that we haven't seen since the first quarter of 2016. Uh, it's a, a very similar number. We were at uh three hundred and fifty billion in the first quarter of twenty sixteen. We're anticipating three hundred and fifty two billion. In the first quarter of 2017, so um, a, you know a little bit of a drop overall, primarily because of that uh, drop in refinancings. No, that's
0: um, and so that's
7: on the that's for the the applications overall. Now yeah. so you mentioned mortgage credit availability. We also had a recent uh, release just last week. Uh, we, we publish a credit avail- availability index that comes out once a month. And so for the month of December, we actually saw credit availability increase. Um, again, this is an index that MBA does in in coordination with Ellie Mae. And uh, credit availability was up for the fourth consecutive month in, in December, really driven by uh, jumbo loan programs as well as loan programs uh, for borrowers with lower credit scores and lower down. Payments. Um, you know, this is certainly not to say that we were anywhere near where the credit availability was in the mid-2000s, oh, but
6: yeah.
7: <laughs> um, there is definitely improvement um, over the improvement. 2008 and 2012 historical lows.
2: That is encouraging to see, and hopefully that trend will continue Mm -hmm. without us getting back to the insane days of what we saw it. I mean, what is the NBA's focus on the insane day? I mean, is there any real threat with the regulations that are in place of us ever getting back to those? Is there any chance of that, Marina? I mean, I keep getting asked that, and I see every once in a while we I I I, I I can't
7: either. I can't imagine. I mean, the pendulum swum from one direction to the other, and so hopefully we'll get to a happy medium. Uh, But... uh you know to 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 go back to what we saw in the mid 2000s um i wish i could send to your, to your listeners the chart of credit availability then versus what it is now and it's a fraction of what it was in the mid 2000s yeah. so uh you know while it's easing it's easing over the very very restrictive availability from 2008 to 2012
0: it
2: seems like it's getting back to the levels that it was at. When I started the business 1973, a long, long, long time ago, and it seems like it's kind of plateauing off to something. The, the pendulum is swinging back to slightly a little more available because we have good data now and you guys provide a lot of great data and I want to talk more about that but you brought up something just a little bit ago and that's David Stevens we are so grateful for David's leadership in there and David came out publicly talked about the battle he's going through could many of our listeners may appreciate getting a quick update on David how's he doing
7: Sure. First of all, he sends his best to all of um, our membership. Um, he's been very active throughout all his treatments. Um, we just recently okay. received a holiday greeting from him a couple weeks ago, and so he continues to progress with his treatments. He and his wife Mary and his whole family are so grateful for the outpouring of support um, the latest is he he expects to be back in the office hopefully in February. That's wow, uh, That's like sooner good. than you know it. Yes, February March is his time frame, but uh, it doesn't feel as if he's been really away because he's been extremely <laughs> active. <laughs> in you fact, you just know, uh, was part of the release facing... this morning. Most folks may not even know that uh, you know that he's, he's been going gone. through these treatments.
2: Yeah, yes. I know. And he, if he, you see he, him as as active as he is facing, he and our Facebook friends, and as active as he is on Facebook, you'd never know there's any amount of anything going on. I, I just respect his attitude and. Uh, we just wish yeah. David and the whole Stevens family so well through this journey. And it's, it's exemplary how he's handling because a lot of people just buckle under that kind of cancer report. And uh, he is just doing a great job of showing what a fight can be look like. Let's get to talking about the profitability of production, what it looks like. How are we doing when it comes to profitability-wise on the originations front? And the latest data that you have, do you have anything, the latest data that you can share with us?
7: Sure. The latest data right now is through the third quarter of 2016. As Andy mentioned, we're in the process, or all the Mm -hmm. financial folks and the accounting folks at all of the mortgage companies are in the process of putting together their year-end financials as well as their quarter-end financials. So we don't have those just yet. Right. the third quarter, you know, was very strong. 94% of all mortgage lenders in, in our study reported pre-tax net financial profits. So that's good compared to 90%. That includes both production and servicing together. Um this this is based on a, a study of independent mortgage banks. So keep that in mind. Okay. These are all independent mortgage uh banks and and mortgage subs. And so overall for every loan they originated they were making about uh 1800 Uh, right around there, which uh, isn't too Mm -hmm. bad. That translates, if you prefer basis points, to about 74 basis points in profit. Good. Very similar to the second quarter. But, uh, you know, we did have, as I mentioned, in terms of the overall originations forecast for the first quarter, we have volume very similar to the first quarter of 2016. So if you look at the profits, you go back and you look at sort of the production profits for um that one quarter it was it was closer to you know 35 basis points or so so okay the to to keep up at the level of 74, 75 basis points. The average over all quarters since we started this study in 2008 is 55 basis points. Okay. So I think yeah. it might be a little bit depending. Again, uh, we had this recent announcement, um, although I did speak to Mike Pratt and Tony briefly before I, I got on um, for your show, and he doesn't anticipate a huge change in volume yet based on this announcement. Um, what it might do is shift volume away from the GSA, GSEs to FHA. So right now okay. we don't have a big change in terms of the overall volume, which means that in terms of profitability on a, you know, a per loan basis and in basis points, it probably is um, somewhat lower than what we saw um, in those second and third quarters. And we're still waiting again for the fourth quarter numbers to come in.
2: Really interesting, so I mean it's um you know it, it looks like it's going to be a decent year overall for for the industry i mean uh that that's encouraging. I, how about uh, production expenses because that's where we've really seen how things have been going up and up. What are you projecting as it relates to production expenses? are they going to continue to rise?
7: Let's hope not. Let's hope not, David, because right now they're pretty elevated. Um, We're just shy of $7,000 per loan in expenses. Um, Now, when we talk about these uh, expenses, uh, it's important to keep in mind what's included there. So just for definitional purposes, when we talk expenses, we're talking fully loaded expenses. So that would include all your sales costs. It would include your processing, underwriting, closing costs, all your production support costs, your technology costs, quality control as well as corporate costs all big together because sometimes when i throw out this number of $7,000 per loan folks so say <laughs> yeah. i'm not even anywhere close to that so you have to keep in mind that we look at all costs throughout yeah. a company um, from you know the the, the um, corporate level and downward from there um, what's another thing that's important to keep in mind is I find that a lot of folks pay a lot of attention to fulfillment. And what can we do right. to make our mortgage operation more um, efficient? And, you know, with underwriting expenses, and obviously we, we can't incentivize um, underwriters on, on volume. We don't do that anymore so underwriting expenses go up and fulfillment is definitely part of the issue. But at the same time, we also have these rising loan balances that we're seeing. And since most mortgage companies pay loan officers um, in basis points or as a percentage of the loan amount, we also see this increase in per Mm -hmm. loan commissions that's driving up that number. So you know, I'd love to say the entire difference um, in cost between now versus, you know, three, four years ago was entirely due to the cost of compliance, but there's part of it that has to do with the rising loan balances and commission structure. But, I mean, in terms of the overall factors that are really influencing this, obviously there's the regulatory change between Dodd-Frank and LO Compensation and Trid and the upcoming Humda, it just seems like there's one regulation after another that needs to be implemented and involves systems yeah. changes. And then you do have lower fulfillment productivity. Underwriters are, are you know about a third as productive now as what they were five, six years ago. And we do have high sales turnover and recruitment pressures. Um, and uh, you know, and the, and there's a lot going on in terms of systems conversions, and among our our banks in particular, large banks, lots of leadership that's changes. So, yeah, all yeah. that um, all that can influence your cost. So important well, to look at fulfillment, but look at the big picture too.
2: It's so important, and I want to get out to Alice and Joe for a question. I have one more question before we run out to them for some uh, their thoughts as you, they've listened to this mm-hmm. interview. Uh, you serve a lot of independent mortgage bankers, but you know, there's a lot of banks in there, and we have a growing number of, of uh, bankers and credit unions that are part of the podcast or mm-hmm. listen to the podcast on a regular basis. So any changes to profitability as it relates to the regulated institutions out there, depositories?
7: Yeah, I we we do an annual collection for them, but just based on my understanding, there are a lot of mid-sized banks, community banks and credit unions doing very, very well and growing actually yeah. very very yeah. um quickly. Um I think the struggle comes from the largest banks, the you know, the those that you yeah. normally would think of as like top 10, top 15 companies. Just a lot of executive management changing changes, um, systems conversions, rising technology, and corporate costs. Um, we recently had a, a roundtable in the fall, and we went around the room of you know a good, good representation of all the large banks, and three quarters were going through lit- leadership changes. So. That that just sort of involves the it involves redirection of vision and just some uncertainty. So I think it's a little bit hard for the large banks, especially when their largest um, production channel is correspondent. Um, You know, they struggle in the retail retail space, and consumer direct is primarily refi. Um, And if that's drying up, then they got to get better at purchase.
2: I think there's no question about that uh, there's going to be some shifts, but there's, I, I really agree with your point that we're seeing some community bankers just doing an outstanding job of them. We've got a lot of clients mm-hmm. and we're picking up a number of new credit unions or not new, their credit unions, new clients. And I'm really impressed, mm-hmm. especially with some of the CUSOs and they're doing a great job and they're really committed. Of course, we're encouraging them so much to get involved with the NBA. So, those are, I, mean, I know we have some MBA, uh, credit union clients out there listening to this, and uh, you've got some great trade associations, but get involved with the MBA. With that, I want yeah, to turn get it involved. over to we have Alice. A
7: community bank and credit union network,
2: so get you involved do. with that. do. That's a good point. Good, yes. good point. Yes. Alice, let's get Alice on here with some questions, and, and then we'll get over to Joe. Alice?
0: Well, yeah, thanks, Marina. It's just been great information. I've been taking lots of notes. I particularly wrote down about the underwriters are about one-third productive as they were five to six years ago. And I might need yeah. to follow up with you on that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I have a yeah. great stu- – yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, my question is about the servicing side. How um, How is mortgage servicing holding up through all of that? Can you give us a brief snapshot on what's going on there?
7: Yeah, mortgage servicing we continue to struggle with costs. Uh, you know, our direct just the direct costs are pretty elevated at $176 per loan based on our latest estimates for the first half of the year. I anticipate that they, you know, hopefully have stabilized, but again, going back to the third, they were probably a third of that 6 years ago, but it's also been a roller coaster ride because of what's happening with interest rates. We had you know, on the, the financial side, you have to, um, you know, adjust for any changes in the valuation of your mortgage servicing rights. So we had that mini refi boom in February. Then we had another at the end of June with Brexit. And so for the independent mortgage companies that don't tend to hedge their servicing rights, we had huge impairments that needed to re- be reported um, you know, for financials. But, again, it's kind of funny money in that it's reported on an income statement. And then post-election now, you see this recapturing of the valuation losses um, and and writing up servicing rights. So it's just sort of the nature of owning mortgage servicing rights. But operationally speaking, we've been pretty flat. We're at about $225 per loan for the first half of the year. So, Operationally, we've been helped on the um, revenue side just because of the higher loan balances. Since most um, folks pay based in, on a percentage of the loan balance, as those loan balances go up, the per loan revenues go up too.
2: Joe, let's get over to you. Get a couple questions in.
7: Yeah.
3: Uh, earlier, you mentioned the uh, False Claims Act and the impact it could have on those who may or may choose to get uh, more aggressively on the and uh, making FHA loans. Uh, I, I wondered if you see any change in that as it relates to the new administration. Uh, great question.
7: We're gonna have to wait and see on that. I would say, um, you all probably saw this in one of the releases, but um Sean Krause, who's been a very active MBA um supporter with Quicken, has joined the transition team um and is uh,
2: that's encouraging. Uh
7: hopefully yeah, it is encouraging. And so um I, I, I think hopefully we look forward to educating Mr. Carson and the incoming administration um, on the issues with FHA and other issues um, to uh, further support our membership. Good.
2: Okay. One, one of. The, yeah, that's great. Uh, one of the questions I have as we wrap this up, there's two things I want to cover with the little time we got back. Is you know Looking back at you know, 2017, as an industry, where do you think we need to focus over the next year to be successful? What are the three top points you have? And then I want to make sure we fit in some time talking about these upcoming conferences that are that you do such an outstanding job on. So cover those three points quickly, and if you then could talk, let's talk a little bit about those conferences.
7: Okay, well, for this, I'm going to refer to Rodrigo Lopez, who's our incoming Mm -hmm. MBA chair, because he really outlined sort of the three goals for this upcoming year and focuses on access to credit, GSC reform, affordable housing, and having a balanced regulatory environment. That's first and foremost. Second,
2: I like the word balanced in there. That's a good one. Yeah,
7: yeah, Yeah. that's a lot. Um, Second is technology focus on technology, transformational technology to help attract and communicate with customers, whether that's through other apps. We hear a lot about Roostify these days and form-free and Mm -hmm. blend. What can we do with technology to help our customers and provide better service? And then finally, the third issue is, is diversity in our industry. You know, because when you look at the 16 million households who that we project coming into the market and from now uh, to 2024 uh, 16 million new households we've we, wow. we would I be don't. remiss not to focus on diversity particularly Hispanic populations. Um, uh, women, uh, female borrowers, um, and uh, just being able to address the needs of those um, incoming uh, heads of households.
2: You know what? I'm really excited about Chairman Lopez being there. I, he's a great guy, and I'm really excited about the leadership. But talking about leadership, the NBA does a great job, and we've got some upcoming conferences. So let's talk. I already talked a little bit about the Independent Mortgage Bankers Conference, a little bit of the Mortgage Servicing Conference, but if you could run through the conferences we've got in the first couple months here that I think is so important that our listeners get out and attend. So run through those quickly.
7: Absolutely. Independent Mortgage Bankers Conference, Somewhere Warm, Palm Springs, <laughs> January 23rd to 26th, going to cover a variety of issues um, uh, Best execution in the secondary market. Obviously, we'll cover HMDA, um, Know Before You Owe, um, Tips on Retention and Recruiting and Training. And it's a nice intimate group, so it's not as overwhelming necessarily as the annual convention. Um, and uh, specifically geared toward independent mortgage bankers. That was one of Dave Stevens' initiatives when he came on board um, several years ago, and it's Spark. really taken off um and then second we have our upcoming national mortgage servicing conference uh Dave Motley who's our chairman elect um he'll be uh taking the chairmanship right. after uh Rodrigo um president of Colonial Savings will be kicking off that conference February 14th to 17th in his home territory your home territory too yes Uh, Texas, Grapevine, Dallas area. Um, Roger Staubach, for those of you who are Dallas Cowboys fans, I'm not, but (laughs) Roger Staubach will be the featured speaker. I'm a Redskins fan here in D.C., even though they haven't uh, performed up to (laughs) expectations. But uh, in any event, we'll have Roger Staubach and and a variety of of other great servicing um, content. And then... February 22nd to 23rd, um, I am pulling together, and we already have great numbers for it, um, a mergers and acquisitions workshop back in Dallas. And we'll talk about that a little bit more um, at the end of January with you, David.
2: Yeah, we have you back. I'm so excited to have you back again. So much. Appreciate you Thank taking you. time. Yeah. Now, talk a little bit about this MBA survey that you got with that, the, in partnership with the Stratmore Group. Talk briefly about that. I want to make sure oh, people are aware yeah. of that.
7: Yes, in the midst of all the audited financials, et cetera, this is our busy, (laughs) this is the kickoff for our busy uh, survey season here at MBA Research. And so a variety of um, benchmarking studies are underway. We're sending out all surveys this week and next. So if you're waiting for it, you're going to get it this week. Got to get it. Um, Yeah, look for it. Yeah, that includes our MBA and Stratmore Peer Group Roundtable, our Servicing Operations Study, our annual compensation survey program. And I would say that a lot of these, especially for the community banks and credit unions and the midsize independents, are only done once a year. Good. These are usually our boutique, really deep dive studies. And so if you want to get on board, you need to get on board now because they're only once a year. Um, and good. Uh, good. I'll have great data to share with everybody in May, June, and July. <laughs>
2: So exciting. Well, how can people get a hold of you? Ever since people have already said, How can I get a hold of Marina if we have some specific questions? I know Alice had the questions for you, but she knows your number. But how can others get in touch with you, and what's the most effective way? Email, phone?
7: Email or call M-W-A-L-S-H, M-Walsh, at org, or you can always call me at 202 557 2817. Should I repeat that? Marina?
2: Yeah, go ahead and repeat that one. thank you so much for taking time looking at the clock we've gone slightly over but there's so much good valuable information you put out and I just want to make sure our listeners had a chance to digest all appreciate you taking the time out do give our best to David Stevens the whole staff there happy new year to everyone there at the NBA and we get to have you back here a little bit later in the month talking more about some of the the conferences that are coming up and have great some more updates there appreciate you joining us today thank you
7: thanks for having me
2: It's always a pleasure. Next week, we've got Logan Motoshami coming out. Again, another one that can provide some great perspective on forecasting. He's done a great job in the past. We're looking forward to having him back on the program. And, uh, of course, we've got to get Mike, Fratt, and Tony and the rest of the team. But we've got some great information today from Marina. Go back and listen to this podcast. There's so much information in there. You can download that by going to LickinOnLendy.com. You can download it. Also, we'll be posting just Marina's uh, segment in the Hot Topic up as a separate podcast. podcast a little bit later, midweek or so. Good to have you with us. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to check out all of our sponsors, as they are such an important part of it. We appreciate you being here, and we look forward to having you back. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week.
1: This has been Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin, of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us again next week, and thank you for listening.